Is it working? Now it is. Yeah. <sighs> Too bad we already said all the funny shit the first two times we tried to record this. I can't do it again. <laughs> the perf. I am ASMR'd out. <laughs> Don't reveal the joke to them. What's up, guys? And welcome to. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> uh, sorry. Hello, and welcome to, <laughs> to New Day, New Movie, where we watch 365 movies in 365 days. I'm Mitch. I'm Scott. Welcome to the NDNM podcast. It's week 28. Is it already 28? It's week 28. Wow. We just did week 27, so. I think mathematically and chronologically, 28 is next in the series. Makes the most sense. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing this week? Uh, I'd like for a minute to do something I've never done before and talk about how tired I am this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. We're tired every week. <laughs> I'm all right. This week was uh, was an interesting week. I was, I was, uh, what do you call that? I wasn't home. I was trying to think of like a fancy word for saying, but all I could think of was like excommunicated from my home. But that's that's not the case. He was on a staycation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. I was uh, house sitting and dog sitting, and uh, I got to experience some movies with some higher. Uh, more expensive, higher quality equipment than I usually get to watch the movies in at home. Yeah, like what? Sat well, like nice sound sound bar, oh, surround sound surround stuff. Sound. Yeah, they got they had a sound bar and the and the surround you know rear speakers and a sub and so it was uh it was quite nice. It was kind of like Dolby in your house a little bit, but but not Dolby, not Dolby. Oh, okay, that's still nice though. Yeah, it was. How are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, I think this might be our lowest total for points on the week. You think? But I'm also interested to hear how we talk about these films and see if anything changes. But my initial impressions going into today, I didn't think it was that great of a week. I just felt... I agree. Felt I don't like, know. Felt if, a little rough. I don't know if the movies were. There were some diamonds in the rough. Though. Yeah, we had some. We had a couple really, really good ones, and then some okay ones. It didn't seem like an overall bad week, but it it doesn't feel like some weeks where we're we're here to record and are like, yeah, let's talk about these movies. This let's week is kind of like, ah, I can't wait for next week because Kristen's going to be on it, and we're watching a shit ton of like super awesome movies. So this week. It's going to be shit compared to next week, probably, but... We'll find out. We'll see. But anyway, so, Mitch, do you have any news? Yeah. What's in the news? All right, I meant to mention this last week. I forgot. The new Fast and the Furious has named its 10th installment Fast X. And they also lost their director, Justin Lin due to creative differences with Dan Mazow, who co-wrote the film with him. So 
So they are currently <laughs> looking for a director. Justin so. Lin has done the last few, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. He's staying on as a producer, but he's not directing anymore. But the, the position's open, so we could theoretically... We could apply. We could direct <laughs> <laughs> the new Fast and the let's, Furious movie. Let's fill out our application and... Uh... <laughs> this is our application to you. <laughs> also in the news... Avatar 2 has released its title as well. Avatar, The Way of Water. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. I did see that. I saw a uh, on our shitty movie details, I saw, I believe it was, uh, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but the Avatar 2 title, The Way of Water, is or was named The Way of Water to, to show you that it is, in fact, after named after the TV show. Since it definitely has the same characters and whatever. Else. <laughs> I don't know. I fucking I should have wrote it down. <laughs> it was funny when I read it. <laughs> but there has been some photos released from the film, and there's supposedly a trailer coming uh, that's expected to play before Doctor Strange. So in just what a week from now, yeah, we're gonna we'll see be it able on to, Sunday. We'll be able to confirm that. We will see it on Sunday. But that's my news. Do you have any news? I don't have any news. Okay. <laughs> we celebrated our friend Steven's have, birthday. I have no news. That yeah, it's cool. been, we've had a lot of like outside stuff going on. So we threw axes. Yeah. Which was, you know, much better after seeing the Northmen. Yeah, that was uh, a nice way to round out the week after being pumped full of extra testosterone watching the northman <laughs> but listening we'll talk about to the that soundtrack on wednesday constantly okay <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's in the so as you were getting to i'll raise your fucking energy let's go boy all right you were mentioning the movies of week 28 do it monday take out girl <laughs> tuesday the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Wednesday, The Northman. Thursday, f- Fucking Forever Purge. <laughs> Friday, North by Northwest. Saturday, Flower. And Sunday, Fantastic Breasts and the Secrets of Dumbledick is what our Triple X parody <laughs> we discussed <laughs> would be <laughs> if there was one to be made. Uh, yeah, Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of, of Bumbledore. And uh can't wait to talk about that one. We actually just got out of that today. Yeah, not too long ago. So, let's do it. Let's get to it, to it, to it. So, Monday, take out girl. To give her family a chance at a better life and save her family's failing restaurant, Tara Wong, a desperate 20-year-old Asian girl, Parlays her Chinese food delivery expertise into a profitable drug hustle. What'd you think of this, Mitch? I thought the premise of the movie was really good and interesting. And I thought there was a lot of potential. However, between the camera work, acting, some of the writing, maybe most of the writing, I just felt it fell flat. And like I said, I thought initially... It, it could have been a really cool story. Um, but, like, the twists were really easy to see coming. The pacing was really bad in this film. Like, it, it felt a lot longer than it was. And the opening scene, I guess, should have had more impact on the rest of the film. I forget what the opening scene was. She's, like, in school, and she's, like, you know, oh, dealing all leaving. the notes yeah, and everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, like, they mention her, like, staying in school a few times, and I get, like, why they set all of that up, but it felt really out of place for the rest of the film. But I get it was trying to show that her character... She's already kind of hustling. She's already, yeah, hustling some of the stuff on the side. She's business savvy. She's dropping out of high school to spend more time at the restaurant, her mom's restaurant, and work. And to help with that, she is too business savvy and gets herself caught up in some some drug dealing with her dad with with <laughs> surprise her dad i didn't think that twist was uh predictable i didn't really see that coming i wasn't like oh my god what but did you like see that coming i i really i don't know kinda, maybe i wasn't i kind of figured that one early on i i just i didn't see the ending where just like everyone fucking dies coming yeah. Yeah. You know, they all just shoot each other in a standoff, like family style, you know, <laughs> rotisserie style, family chicken. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was thinking like KFC. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Family style. <laughs> 12 piece bucket full of death. Finger licking good. Extra crispy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It. <laughs> it wasn't great. Um, I didn't think it was bad, though. I think objectively, it. I mean, it was super low budget, right? See, so I, the acting and everything, I feel like, went along with that. Did you look up what the budget was? Because I meant to. I didn't look up what the actual budget was. Or I th- I may have tried to, and I didn't find the actual okay. number. Because um, I did do a little research on this. And I, I think I overall, by the end, I kind of enjoyed it. Like I said, the acting was was rough, but no one was anyone of notab- notableness, notability, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, there was no, there was no one in it who was actually like a, an actor, right? And I'd also say everybody was kind of on par with each other, so there was yeah. no one who stood out. The which bar made... <laughs> was exactly where they all were. There yes. was no good or bad. So, like, I think, I think I kind of got on board with that by the end. Um, but the the I didn't think it was horrible considering the uh, after the dedication at the end I found out this was co-written by Takeout Girl herself. Okay. Um, her name is Hedy Wong, Hedy Wong, Hedy Wong. Um, and the dedication was to her mom and dad. So this was this was for it was Wavy and Chico Wong. Like this story uh, was actually her kind of life story. It was based bringing, on her yeah. life. So I thought that was pretty cool for her to be able to, you know, kind of make that into a movie. And considering that and considering where some of these people came from, from what I saw, I don't have anything written down, but I remember they weren't, you know, they're not huge names or anything. And so, I don't know. I I just kind of thought if we wrote a story or had a story about our lives or something and wanted to turn it into a movie, like wanted to make a movie out of it, yeah, that's a, that's a big feat, right? For, mm-hmm. for you to actually make that happen and release it. And so she was able to do it, and well, I, I think, think it's pretty cool. Along with that, starring in your own film, there's yeah. no way I could be in a, in a movie. I, I'm super uncomfortable in front of a camera, and it's oh, funny because I teach video classes. But yeah, I always well, tell the kids, I'm like, I have to teach you how to be behind, behind the camera, not in <laughs> yeah. front of it. Uh, but no, like I said, like going back to the premise of the film, I did like like the close knit family dynamic, running a restaurant together. Like I have a lot of students who kind of fit that mold pretty accurately. Yeah. Like they'll even fly home 
on weekends from college sometimes to help run wow. their family's restaurant, you yeah. know? And so it felt very authentic. Like it, like the premise was there. I just, and the performances I, didn't, the performances. It. Yeah. It took me yeah. out of it a little bit like Tara. So the one who wrote the it, the main, yeah, the main girl. I mean, when she was interacting with her mom in this movie, that felt super genuine. And I, I liked the yeah, interaction between them. Yeah. But when she was talking to who you find out to be her dad and she's all hard and, you know, trying to be tough. Like it was a little, it was really weird. It, it was overacted. It was over the top. Yeah. It was, it was, I think somewhat intentionally, you know what I mean? And I don't know her. I mean, maybe look, there's people, especially in LA, I'd imagine that, you know, it's probably wasn't that much acting, you know. That's how they live. <laughs> they just hard. They just hard. They just hard, and they don't but, take shit uh, from nobody. But no, I I think I think for me, what made the rest of the movie seem better in hindsight was my only real hang up was the confrontation between her and her brother when he finds out. That, that she's that been, she's been dealing, delivering the drugs, dealing for Lalo for the yeah 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 Lalo. Um, the the spin around the two of them. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. The camera for like fucking ten minutes of conversation. The camera was just spinning around them. It was like death on the Nile, and it was fast. It was, but it wasn't. It wasn't like you know a slow just spin to make it more dramatic. Whatever. It was like a pretty quick paced spin around them constantly like we made like i would say close to 10 to somewhere between 10 and 15 rotations around them full rotations while they were having their conversation so rotations are revolutions what that same difference revolutions would work too i'm just asking (laughs) i don't know man but no that was around their asses multiple times okay because they hard (laughs) because they hard (laughs) (laughs) but like that was just kind of a weird style choice and then the dialogue would continue before it cut or like after it cut to them talking again did you catch that in that particular scene it was super weird oh like one person was chatting and then it would like switch they to were speaking the other would... person in the person like in the scene and you would continue to hear but they weren't talking oh yeah i get what you're saying they they were so they were on her, I forget her brother's name. Do you remember her brother's name? Um, I can look. It doesn't up. matter. Okay. Uh, her her brother would be like saying something, and then it would switch to Tara while she's listening, and then she'd start talking, and then it would, and then he would start talking again, and then the camera would switch back. He would continue to talk, but his mouth wasn't moving, like the audio was just going, but it flipped back to him. It was kind of like the way I did our synopses of from the original for our halfway episode where I, you know, when you have stuff, it's like a montage mm-hmm. and they all overlap. Yeah. That's how that scene played out. But they showed them, they showed their faces and they were not physically talking, but they were still audio. Like they were talking and then they'd start talking and it would sync up again. It was just, I don't know. It was very strange. And I was waiting for that to happen. Cause that's kind of obviously a big thing that they're, you know, you're waiting for him to find out because you know that's what he's doing. It's kind of a kind of a reveal thing in the movie. And it just totally ruined that scene, which is actually like a decent confrontation between the two of them. 
of doing all that. And they didn't do a horrible job acting it either. No. Just the cinematography around them just made it very strange. I have two other things, and it's more of, of kind of along the lines of how things were portrayed or acted in the scenes. Hector, who was supposed to be like the love interest in this, mm-hmm. I get that he had like a really good standing relationship with the mom. But he just like comes back and just hands her a bloody hat. It's like here. Yeah. Like it was like <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Like how did he not get shot first off? Like they like everyone he's died in that fine. scene, but he's like, Oh, I'm with her and Lalo's like, Okay. And then he just shot his son and he's like, I can help him and then he goes over and just starts screaming at Saren. And he's like, Don't don't go. You're fine. Yeah, uh, his and, acting was probably one of the worst. So in the that movie. that altogether was weird. And then all of the henchmen for Lalo. <laughs> yeah. They're just all so stereotypical henchmen types. Like, I don't know. Did you th- that's what I meant by over the top yeah. kind of They were all exactly what you'd expect someone who's like, "Ah, write me quick, write me some drug lord henchmen." And you got and you're like, "Cool, them. this one's like a badass Chica who don't take no shit and she doesn't say much and she just stares at you dirty the whole time. And this guy is a big buff guy and it's actually his son and he's he seems all soft and then he seems all hard and then he seems all soft and then he seems all hard. Yeah, and then this of. guy doesn't ever say anything, but he's just... He just stares at you menacingly. Gold teeth, wife beater, and he's cutting drugs every time you see him. So <laughs> obviously that fits, right? Like... <laughs> They were just so stereotypical. Side tangent. Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Have you seen Breaking Bad? Mm-hmm. Have you seen Better Call Saul? I have not caught up. But you've seen? Through season three, I believe. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what are, what are we just finished? They're the last on one is on now. six now? Okay, yeah. I thought it was five. Yeah. yeah, they're on six right now. I've been watching... I found time somehow. Somehow. Somehow I found time. <laughs> uh, but this kind of gave me some of those vibes a little bit with the whole like drug business and Tara just comes busting in and she's like, I'll do your fucking dirty work. Kind of like Walter badass, came in yeah. to like, was it Tuco? The confidence. And then he like threw the drugs on the <laughs> ground. Like there's kind of similar vibes also the main antagonist in better call Saul right now his name's wallow so is it really yeah so i was <laughs> like ah, that's why i didn't forget his name <laughs> that's funny because lalo is uh woo, a doozy Ooh. i don't really know how i f- i felt about this one though and i think my my rating for this probably is still the same be- after our conversation than before and it would ha- probably have to be a zero out of one zero i didn't <sighs> I mean, it, look, it wasn't great. It's pretty low budget, but I I enjoyed it, and I didn't think the story was bad. And I think if you look past the idea that it was her story, and they actually made it into something that's accessible for people to watch, and like that's pretty cool. And I didn't think, all things considered, it was that bad, except for some of like some really weird camera stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I I thought the story was entertaining enough. Yeah, I enjoyed the premise. And I think of there it. were some good, like you said, there's some, there's some good authenticity to some of it. I think 
it felt like at least. And I, I would I would give this a one. I mean, I feel like there would be people that would, if you're down with low budget stuff, then I think this is fine. This was pretty solid for for a low budget movie. If you only see Marvel movies, then this is gonna look and probably you're gonna hate it. So, yeah, you know, is what it is. But and I more have to just fall on the lines of my rewatchability of it. Like, yeah, I, I can't see myself just throwing this on. Unfortunately, that's fair. It's just it was a long one. Was it? How long was it? No, it felt like I said. Oh, it felt longer than I got it you. was. I got you. Yeah. So zero for you. I am going to give it a one. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than some of the other ones this week. But it was an hour and 50 minutes. Okay. So I thought it was shorter. So a one for that one. Hmm? A one for that one. A one? A one for that one. Is that my average English? So we are half for one. Ah, yes. (laughs) Half for one. Half for one. (laughs) Uh, uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari on Tuesday. Dr. Caligari. Caligari. Hypnotist Dr. Caligari uses a somnambulist. Is that right? Somnambulist. 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 That's a somnambulist. Fun word. It is kind of a fun That's word. a sleepwalker for those of you who don't know yeah, what a somnambulist sure. is. Uh, Caesar to commit murder. So hypnotist Dr. Caligari uses a somnambulist Caesar to commit murders. That's a lot to say in one sentence, but that's the entire plot. Packs a punch for a short sentence. Packs a punch. Yes. Tell us, Mitch, why did we watch this? So we watched this because of the mention of this movie multiple times in the unbearable weight of massive talent, which we watched last week in Nick Cage Week 2. And I'm really happy we did, because this is a great movie. While I was watching it, I, I kind of went back to week one of our podcast, not the original, but of NDNM, when we watched uh, Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Same time period. Yeah, same time period. Same horror style. piece, German Silent expressionist film. film. Uh, just an iconic golden age horror film. Like I said, I really thought it was good. Uh, the use of set design was incredible oh my goodness the city like the town yeah all warped all the, and, oh man oh it was so cool it, it reminded me like if you asked me who or what is one of tim burton's biggest influences i wouldn't be surprised if you were like oh he fucking loves this movie because mm-hmm. it felt very tim burton-esque kind of the dark the even just the makeup right dark dark around the eyes everything's really striking because it's a silent film it's it's you know black and white so I like that you brought that up because there is a lighting technique called chiaroscuro. Have you heard of this? I've seen this. Have you seen this? Have you, this? Have you heard of this? But no, chiaroscuro uh, is a lighting technique which was used quite frequently through like film noir style mm. or the age of film. Uh, but essentially chiaroscuro is an Italian term used to describe the technique of using light and dark in artwork, particularly a painting. So it comes from the Renaissance art movement and combines the Italian words chiro. Chiaro meaning clear or bright, and oscuro meaning obscure or dark. So in cinematography, the terms refer to low and high contrast lighting, which creates areas of light and dark in films. Mm -hmm. And then the lighting technique applied mainly to black and white films, notably German Expressionist films, but later on Hollywood film noir made chiaroscuro lighting kind of the standard style, which is why you got like the darker shadows and focused of like areas in lighting. Silhouette type stuff. Yeah. Probably influenced that. 
when you had a female character on the screen, there was a very soft lighting like across her face, but you had like the hard detective, mm-hmm. you know, who walked really in the shadows and, you know, you knew he was a tough Jagged, guy. sharp angles of his face and shit. Yeah. You know, from the lighting. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably my favorite thing about this, this movie. The stylistic was, choices. Yeah. It was just uh, for something of the time period, I was not expecting that. I'd say along with that, though, the storytelling was really good for it being a silent film. Um, and obviously, they used uh, intertitles to create dialogue in the film. Mm-hmm. But the whole reveal of the ending, which was kind of like Shutter Island, essentially. Yeah. Where they're all... Yeah, I forgot about Shutter Island. You know, they're all fabricating. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in a mental hospital, and they're just, like, you know, depicting what they think is real life. And, like, that was such a huge reveal. Wait, that happened in this movie? I'm just kidding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> that rascal. He did it again. No, I... <laughs> but, no, this was, this was pretty amazing and i get why it was mentioned so much from nick cage i'm sure like a lot of his own personal choices of film he had a say into what he would reference in the movie and you mentioned like tim burton maybe draws inspiration i was doing some research on this one and it seemed like uh alfred hitchcock had a movie oh i'm sure there's a ton i just drew some inspiration wes anderson probably like a lot of symmetry and sharp mm-hmm. lines, things like that probably carried forward for, you know, some of his movies. It, it'd just be interesting watching a lot of more films and seeing if there's any relevance. To- I, th- I think as we do this and we watch some of these super old ones for us, you know, like I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a 1920s movie. I don't think I'd ever seen a silent movie, honestly, mm-hmm. until now, except for like clips of, you know, just stuff you see but um as we're watching these even with nosferatu like you can't help but start to see oh i mean it's it's all been from the beginning everything's just kind of a a building and using pieces of style and you see where the influence is and it's pretty cool watching these older ones and i think that's what keeps them as entertaining to me this one i will say was kind of tough to get through. I was very tired. I know I never say that, but um, <laughs> I was I was pretty sleepy, and uh, <laughs> and so just watching something it it was crazy to me thinking because we haven't watched any of these since Nosferatu, right? Mm-hmm. With intertitles, and it's weird because I never knew that's what silent films were, where they would actually talk in the scene, yeah, but you just couldn't hear it, and then the intertitles would give you context and tell you what's going on or what they're saying kind of thing. And so this one, it was weird because there's long stretches of people in the scene talking and they're, you know, the intertitle would come up and it'd be long, but then it would take so long. And I feel like us using subtitles, which I'm actually trying to, I'm starting to try to not to, because I've noticed last week, I don't remember what movie Maybe it was a week before. I just noticed I'm not watching as much of the movie because I'm just reading. Yeah. The you know the what's on the screen. Um, but for this, because we're because we've used subtitles so much, I feel like I read through it so fast. Like if I if we weren't doing that, I feel like I can't read that fast, or I used to, like I couldn't read that yeah. fast. 
And so I'd follow along to comprehend, but now I feel like my reading comprehension is is too good to enjoy this movie because I was just kind of waiting for them to move the fuck on. That's an interesting you know I mean? take on things, though, because, like you said, the intertitles definitely slowed down the pacing of this movie. It definitely it's changes the whole... It's a shorter movie. It's only 67 yeah. minutes. Yeah, but it And there's, felt... like, how many acts were in this? There's a lot of acts, weren't there? Six? Five or six, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, each act was only maybe 10 minutes long. Well, one of them was super short. Act three, I think. I was oh, confused because I like was thinking once... the movie was going to be three acts. Yeah, it was... And then act three, it was like, end of act three. I'm <laughs> like, that was like a minute of movie. Yeah, it was like right after a murder was committed. <laughs> they show up, find the body, and then it just ends End act of three. act three. Yeah. So the pacing in that regard was really fast, but I could see how like having the lawn... It was like well, in 10 the, seconds of just staring at, you know, a sentence of yeah. dialogue. And, and it would like, slowly scroll. And so the subtitles, in addition to this being intertitles where you have to read them like that, it's also German. So we can't read what the actual mm-hmm. intertitles say. So we're I'm, I'm waiting for the subtitles to catch up with yeah. the intertitles. So it just really like the really killed the pacing of this, which I don't feel like is the movie's fault, right? It's no. just the kind of the nature of watching this as someone who doesn't speak German and nowadays kind of thing. Yeah, a hundred years later, right? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, shit, I didn't... I didn't think of that. I guess we probably said that with Nosferatu. Yeah, it came well, out in 1920. 100 years. You're in 2022 now. You know, 102 years ago, this movie came out, which is just mind boggling. Yeah, that's insane. Because you're like, holy shit, that's a long ass time. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely see why why they mentioned that. Why he mentions because that's what he says. Uh, that's Pedro Pascal's top three favorite is when they bring it up the first time, right in the movie. Yeah, I think he says it's number two. Because yeah, he's like, the first one was, what was it? It was a Nick Cage movie, but I don't remember which one. Face Off. Oh, yeah, it was Face Off. I think it was Face Off. He's like, what's your top three favorite movies of all time? The he's Cabinet like, of Dr. Off? Caligari. Yeah, Nick Cage is like, oh, I'm flattered. <laughs> and then he says this, and they both gush over this for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they bond over it because Nick Cage loves it, and his daughter wasn't about it. And then he keeps pestering Pedro Pascal, and he's like, what's <laughs> yeah, your favorite movie? Favorite. And he's like... You're, you're going to be, it's a little embarrassing. Paddington 2. <laughs> Cut to them watching. crying, watching Paddington 2, yeah. But no, I, uh, I was happy that we watched this. Uh, I'm I, glad we found it. I'm glad you found it. Because I know we talked about after seeing the movie that we wanted to check out some of the movies referenced that we didn't know mm-hmm. of, of that movie. And there's a couple more. It may take other watches of the movie once it comes out. There was an article again, I read but... that listed out oh, every definitely. movie referenced oh, in sweet. that movie, so we could definitely go, go check through that. that. Uh, but yeah, this is on AMC or Shutter for anyone who likes you know older style German expressionist films from a hundred years ago. And you should because they're fucking dope. They are really good, and I would be <laughs> interested to know, like going off of what you said, just like you could probably shave maybe five minutes off just from shortening. The intertitle scenes. Oh yeah, because you don't dialogue. need that long to read them. Yeah, or even so, adding the subtitles of what they were going to say over speaking. the scene. Yeah, yeah. So this, movie, be, this movie would be like thirty minutes. <laughs> that would be kind of cool to see. Uh, I, I think I could probably do something. But like for Pitt, yeah, oh yeah, that'd be sweet. You make that happen. I could probably make that happen. Ooh. See what the actual length of the movie would be. Ooh. Just take in, Pretty yeah, cool. the subtitle and put it yeah. over the actual spot. Yeah. Well. 
Uh, that would be cool, but it doesn't affect the movie as we watched it. No, it doesn't. But I don't think it would make any, any bit difference. of difference because I'm going to give this a one. This was a one for me as well. Yeah. Again, kind of like the first one. If you like low budget, you're going to like the first one probably. It's pretty solid <laughs> low budget. This one, if you like 1920s German expressionist films, <laughs> then you're going to love this. But if not, you probably will fucking hate it. So that's on you. <laughs> 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 But uh, this next movie, oh my god, is also probably a movie with some stipulation. Hugh Hecla here, fucking. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. The Northman from visionary director Robert Eggers. The Northmen, an action-filled epic that follows a young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's murder. <sighs> Christmas comes but once, once a year. <laughs> I know you guys can't see uh, us, but like my shoulders are raised and I'm holding my arms out like I'm carrying two axes. Yeah, right if now. you've seen the movie or the trailer, then you'll know why. Because uh, Alexander Skarsgård in this, he did six months of intense shoulder exercises only. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) I made that up, but it does make a lot of sense. His shoulders were like taller than his head when he flexed them. Fucking like cantaloupes (laughs) sitting on his shoulders. Uh, (laughs) But no, this movie was fucking sick. It was insane. Uh, This movie was like taking a a vial of pure testosterone and then turning it into a movie. Yeah, there, there's a That's lot it. of intensity in this movie. It's it's very intense. It's very... Like, we both wanted to go fucking work out after this movie. Yeah, I, I walked out and Scott's like, dude, I want to renew my membership to 24-hour <laughs> fitness. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I don't know if I should feel more or less like a man after watching <laughs> it. Because the score and the fight sequences were just... Oh! But like Scott said, I definitely had the urge to hit the gym after this one because I felt inferior to Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was like, holy yeah. shit, that, yeah. that dude's a man. <laughs> but yeah, this Robert Eggers is probably one of my favorite He's becoming one writer of my directors. Yeah. And he doesn't have much. The but Lighthouse. The, the Witch is one of my all time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And The Lighthouse I thought was fantastic Amazing as well. Amazing as well. And this, they're just so much authenticity like i feel like this i don't even know how much but i'm sure so much effort went into researching like uh, what are like norwegian Viking. nordic nordic yeah, yeah, yeah nordic. thank you i was trying to think of the word <laughs> like i norse stuff norse <laughs> <laughs> but uh i don't know it just it just felt very it it wasn't afraid to get really weird. No. Which I know there's a lot of... I haven't watched a whole lot of the, the show Vikings. I don't mm-hmm. know if you... I haven't seen any of it. No. I've watched some of it. Um, I couldn't really get into it, but it it felt... From what I remember, it's been a long time, but it felt very watered down kind of for the general audiences kind of thing. Oh, and it's yeah. obviously on... I think it was on History Channel for a while. Oh, okay. and then it was on some, I don't remember, but... Anyway, it just didn't feel... It's also a TV show, right? So it's on television, so they yeah. can't get as... Graphic. Crazy. Gra- yeah, as they did in this movie. But um, but this just felt like no holds barred fucking 
Viking balls to the mm-hmm. wall Viking. Yeah, this movie had some of the most like intense fight sequences I've ever seen. And like every Naked shot was so on a beautifully crafted. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the ending fight sequence is a scene. Why that- isn't that a show? They have naked and afraid. Why don't they have <laughs> naked fighting on a volcano? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I think that will be a scene I will remember for years to come. Like that is just one of the most masterful, uh, mast. Masterfully, is that a word? Masterfully, masterfully, yeah. masterfully, masterfully crafted scenes I've ever seen. Because it just felt like the entire movie felt like the best of like Lion King, Game of Thrones, <laughs> yeah. Return of the King because of the volcano, right? <laughs> when they're yeah. fighting Gollum and yeah. Frodo. And uh, <laughs> like uh, the Green Knight just with the time and yeah. cinematography, some kind of the stuff. The, the Highlands type uh-huh. area, you know, yeah, yeah. This this was really f- it was beautiful. Good. It was a good fucking story. It was uh, incredibly acted by everyone, mm-hmm. including even who usually is out of place in everything but the typical movies you'd expect. But Ethan Hawke was in this in the beginning. He's the he's the original king. He's who the gets king that gets murdered killed by, by his brother. bro. Yep, and uh, they were all great. Fucking Willem Dafoe as Rafiki. Yeah, <laughs> I was telling Scott that William, Will, uh, not William, Willem, Will you, William Dafoe, <laughs> William Dafoe, <laughs> Willem God Dafoe. Damn it! <laughs> I was telling Scott that he felt like Rafiki from Lion King, which, since this is loosely based off of like Hamlet and Lion Lion King, like it kind of fit his yeah, character, works, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what he. He's kind of like the, the the. King's the spiritual aid, King's like, helper aid yeah. kind of friend guy. That character. Did I have a name for that? <laughs> right hand man. He's right hand He's man. He's the right hand spiritual guidance to I don't know. He makes them get on their hands and knees and burp and fart and tell them that they're dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but and in he, a good way. And then he shows up later <laughs> as just a skull. And then he's just a head. Yeah. <laughs> And he was still one of the most captivating presences on screen I've ever seen. And he was just a head he that didn't even talk. Head. Yeah, he looked like the when like Beetlejuice gets his head shrunken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the end, <laughs> that was Willem Dafoe. Oh man, yeah. yeah this else? was insane. And oh, uh, um, we had what's her name telling telling us to enjoy the movie while in the movie. That made sense though. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yeah, Nicole Kidman introduced a movie she was actually in, which made it feel less felt ridiculous and she actually really played the role of like being a huge crazy bitch wife yeah (laughs) like real well (laughs) she did do a good job (laughs) i don't know who we had to confirm from like keith urban and tom cruise and who else has she been (laughs) (laughs) so tell us (laughs) anyway they'll come after us nicole's lawyers (laughs) Sorry, Miss Kidman. <laughs> ah, sorry. <laughs> no, she was she was good. I mean, everybody in this was good. And then another favorite of mine. I don't think there's anything, even shitty movies that I've seen her in. I still like her in them. But uh, Anya Taylor Joy mm-hmm. is another one of my favorite actors, and she was she was great in this too. Everybody was great. Everybody the whole great. fucking movie was great. 
and then the score, bro. Oh my god, I've been listening to that like all week. I've played it in the classroom. (laughs) I've played it at practice. (laughs) What did your kids say? They come in and then you're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Well, usually I let Mitch is doing push-ups in the middle of the room, (laughs) going, (laughs) getting shredded. Well, usually I let them pick the music that we listen to while we do like work days, but I was like, no, 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 it's my turn today. <laughs> We're listening to the Northman soundtrack. Oh, man. Yeah, the, the whole score is uh, like streaming everywhere you get music, and it's it's 43 fucking different songs. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I guess I don't listen to a lot of score albums, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that's commonplace. Or if that's just the way they cut up the music in this movie is they're they're short. I mean, they're all around two minutes, I guess, two to three minutes, some shorter. But, but with uh, like the movie only being out for what like a a week, I think Spotify had it over. Some of the songs were over fifty thousand plays. Really? Yeah. Dude, that makes me feel good that we're not alone because I thought this was fucking sick. Just yeah. fucking sick, man. This movie was fucking. So badass. It was a masterpiece. <laughs> it was really great. Uh, yeah, Robert Eggers is the man. Is solidifying his place at the the, the tippy tops of my director's list. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you have not seen this, we highly recommend. We it. highly recommend it. Scott also if you're not said queasy, that he again yeah. stipulation. <laughs> <laughs> if you're into Vikings and you want to, you know. You want to feel all jacked up on Mountain Dew and <laughs> Monster. If you want to feel like you just drank an Uber, an Uber Monster, Monster <laughs> look I, don't that think shit they, up. I don't think they make those anymore. Yeah, look yeah. that shit up. <laughs> you want to feel like you just drank an Uber Monster, but you don't want to actually have the heart palpitations you get from <laughs> drinking an Uber Monster. Watch this movie. Same effect. <laughs> Uh, I think we both uh, collectively a, plan to buy this. This is a hundred for me. I'm giving this a hundred. A hundred out of one. <laughs> out <yeah>. of one. <laughs> but no, we both collectively plan to buy this. Yeah. We also uh, discussed that we need to make a lot of money so we can buy a sound system that will adequately have Dolby <laughs> Atmos and Dolby Vision in our homes at so- someday. It will adequately be able to like to not have this support <laughs> what this movie was able to do oh man but yeah one out of one which was fucking cool because sure. how often do we do a theater movie in the middle of the week and also how often do we go into a theater movie expecting it to b- blow our fucking dicks off <laughs> <laughs> everything everywhere all at once did it and then now northman northman and like that's a lot in I'm starting to get hope for cinema again. I've seen a lot of movies where people got their dicks blown off. (laughs) Yeah. This is the first time Specifically Nick Cage movies, actually. (laughs) This is the first time our dicks got blown off in a movie. (laughs) Uh, I just tried to bring the the, the energy levels up. This movie blew our fucking dicks off, bro. Watch the Northman. All right, now now for a downturn though. So uh, Mitch, no, hold up, hold Mitch up. is an I'm asshole. surprised you even mentioned that you downloaded <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Uh, oh yeah, because you wanted to go I raid did. villages. I downloaded Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I like never finished playing because I didn't have time, and the game is stupid, fucking long, and a little repetitive, and whatever. But now on it with a new outlook. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you either. I turned off all of the UI. 
Like I have no, I don't know stamina or health or any of the abilities or anything. I hid all of the like upper half clothing, so he's shirtless, and I gave him two fucking axes. So I'm just dual axing shirtless, like he did in this scene in the village, going on raids and shit in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Super worth it. <laughs> When you can't sleep at night, that's that's all you can ask for, right? To and be then able you to can hop also into do what we did and go axe throwing. Yeah, <laughs> for your friend's birthday and feel oh, man. as close as you possibly can. To yeah, axe throwing's like fun. This. If you've never been axe throwing, go axe throwing. But no, can we move on to fuck purge now? I was trying to avoid it. Fuck <laughs> ever purge. <laughs> yeah. Fuck this movie. Purge. Taking a major downturn. The forever I would like purge. to purge these movies. I'm starting a petition on. What's a what is what that website where you start petitions? Petition.org. Is it? I don't, I don't know. know. It sounds like I guess. I don't know. I know there's like GoFundMe and other stuff, but like there's like a petition on that I don't remember what it's called. Mm. But anyway, I'm starting a petition to purge the purge movies. To forever purge the purge movies. So this was one of my picks. I wanted to watch Velocipaster, but Scott had already seen it. <laughs> So unfortunately, so out of or fortunately, because I don't know if I wanted to watch it. So out of spite, I threw. No, I'm just kidding. I, I had no idea what to expect from this movie. <laughs> oh bullshit! I wanted a dumb movie in the middle of the week just to like shut my brain off and just watch something. So Velocipaster. I just typed a zero next sense. to it on my notes. Pro- uh, I already have it written. You're behind the game, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the Forever Purge. All the rules are broken as a sect of lawless marauders decides that the annual purge does not stop at daybreak and instead should never end. Okay, I want to start by apologizing to anyone who likes these movies and this one specifically because there must be people out there who do. Now, with that being said, fuck you and fuck this movie. (laughs) This movie fucking sucks. That's Scott opinions. That's Scott's <laughs> opinion. <laughs> Scott's opinion. <laughs> asterisk. Scott's opinion does not reflect the opinions of Mitch in this episode. <sighs> no, not fuck you. You're you're fine, people. Whatever. But this movie fucking sucked. My first note was this is going to be an interesting conversation. This movie made me angry, and I don't know how much of the things do we actually want to get into because I feel like we've done a pretty good job so far avoiding. A lot of the discussion that this movie would invoke. Oh, a lot of political and like social commentary. Social type commentary stuff. style yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna take the lens of this is a purge movie. Okay. And that's how I'm going to approach it. Okay. Okay. And yes, the 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 backbone of this is racism in America. But essentially it's that along with any zombie survival movie that I've ever seen. Like you could just replace all of the purge with zombies, and it's the same plot of a group of people have to get to a border or a safe haven. And yeah, but there's no zombies. No, there it's is no just, zombies. I'm just, just saying you could people, replace. No, I'm saying even the zombie movie take on things. It's a zombie movie where there are no zombies because all the zombie stuff, like Walking Dead and shit, right? Mm-hmm. The zombies are like nothing. They're yeah. not even. They're just there. But the real conflict is between all the people killing each other for supplies and shit yeah and being just general dickheads that's what this movie is <sighs> so i did learn a few things from this movie and, I, I, and maybe the tangents are good for what we should actually that talk about eaters can write a screenplay 
No. Uh... <laughs> Better than this movie. Sorry, I didn't finish that sentence. I'm not accusing any of writing the screenplay. So you were talking about <laughs> earlier rude. the people who enjoy this or watch the Purge movies. Did you know there is a Purge TV show? I did not. I learned that after some research on this movie. Wow. There's a Purge TV so the, show. So the Purge has a big big enough following then. There is a big following. Or there's like just there's, some... There's a whole universe, right? Like everything has benefactor. to have a universe. You know, the Conjuring sure. has their universe. Sure. The Purge, Purge has their verse, yeah. So how many Purge Lame. movies have you seen? I've only seen the first one. I've only seen the first one. Okay, so we're both on the same page. I feel like I've seen parts of one of the other ones, but I don't know which one it was because there's two other ones or three other ones. Well, let me tell you. Yeah, please do. So there's the first Purge. Right. Not the the first Purge movie. It's called The, the Purge. First Purge. Like it's the origin story oh. of the Purge. Okay, I have not seen that one. So there's The First Purge. I know that then there's The Purge that we have seen. There's The Purge Anarchy. There's The Purge Election Year. And now there's The Forever Purge along with a Purge TV show, which I believe is in season two right now. Jesus Christ. All right, fine. I'm not saying I didn't think it had a following. Obviously, I knew they made multiple of them. And it's not for me, right? I say that plenty, and I'm just trying to be (sighs) funny for funny's sake. But fuck this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't hold back. I can't. I can't hold back. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. Um, I'm so glad. There was a lot that was... there's been so many that I'm like, oh my God, is Mitch going to be like, I like this movie. I thought it was pretty all right. And I'd be like, fuck. This was definitely the, problem? the most ham-fisted message movie oh, I've ever seen. Oh my God. It made... What was the other one that was just so in your face about shit that we were like, we can't. We can't abide by this. This is a ridiculous movie. This this like made that one look like fucking the most subtle movie ever. <laughs> Jesus. Um. So I mean, disregarding the message, right? Some scenes were just like super laughable, like the police van scene, where they're all in the back of the police van. <laughs> Every scene, the with guy that with one the swastika yeah, on, on his, his cheek. cheek, and he's oh, just, my God. oh, that's your. You know, and naming the guns. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you hear that? That's an AK 47. Oh, you hear that? That's a fucking 30 out six. Oh, you hear that? It's like, fuck off, movie. Seriously, fuck, fuck this movie. This movie is so frustrating to watch. You know, the biggest disappointment, and you might disagree, but they added in these like shitty ass jump scares in yes. the movie yeah. for no fucking yeah. reason. It would, that's all this movie was. That's all it was. It was constant. This movie was loud for the sake of being loud. Mm-hmm. It's, oh my God. I 30 seconds in, I was already fucking done. <laughs> I, I was so done with this movie. I, I don't know how much more I can say or have to say, honestly. I have like, one I note, just, which will help us lead into please, our next movie. Please. <laughs> this movie started... With a visual of Mount Rushmore, where our next movie ended on the <laughs> heads of Mount Rushmore. So as we make that Thank tangent, God. zero out of one that on the Forever ended. Purge. Yes, um, big 
fat goose egg. Fuck the forever purge. <laughs> and moving on to a much better movie. Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest. A New York City advertising executive goes on the run after being mistaken for a government agent by a group of foreign sa- spy- sales spies. Why are foreign sales? Jeez. <laughs> by a group of foreign spies and falls for a woman whose loyalties he begins to doubt. Bum, bum, bum. Another just fucking incredibly entertaining, Alfred Hitchcock. wonderful yeah. movie. Um, that's it. So <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> Saturday, whatever day. Wow, you just really don't want to talk about anything after no, the Forever Purge. I, I wanna, honestly, I want to get to Secrets of Bubble Dick. <laughs> I feel the same way about that movie as I do the Forever Purge. And I'm just shocked that we had two of those in one week. But uh, no, North by Northwest was was fantastic. Yeah, I love Hitchcock movies. I love the storytelling, the writing. I also have started to appreciate the glimpse in time that they show. Yes. Um, where everything was just so much simpler Everyone seemed to have so much class, and it was kind of really interesting. Classy kind of, and it was really interesting to see the world with the absence of a lot of technologies that we have today. And after watching this movie, I, you know, I had a discussion with my grandma about things. I was just like, because she she loves these movies. This is what she grew up on, and I was just like, is it similar to what they depict in the movies, or is it? And you know, a lot of it was because she was telling me when she was growing up here in Denver. Like she lived out of side of the city limits, but there's no like the clothing stores, department stores, anything like that. You always had to drive into, into town, the city, yeah, uh, into the city to find those, and they'd be like you know seven story tall J.C. Pennies and shit that you would go. And she's like, anytime we went into Denver, we had to you know put on our Sunday best. We had to you know we had scarves and hats and yeah, you get gloves all dressed and up. we're all dressed up and. I know nowadays. And she was also talking about like flying, you know, back then, like Mm. you had to be very business professional to fly or go on a plane or on a train or things like that. Times have changed. They have very (laughs) much changed. But yeah, so like, I just liked the glimpse into a simpler time where, you know, there wasn't a phone screen in front of everybody's face while they did anything, you know, like watch movies sometimes, which annoys the piss out of me, but... (laughs) But, you know, everything was an event, and everything that you had to be dressed up for, and it was... Yeah. You're always wearing a damn suit. Yeah. I've never seen so many suits in my life. So many suits. Except for to show suits. I don't know. <laughs> that's a show, right? That's I don't even show. know if they wear suits. I've never seen it. <laughs> so, something that sparked an interesting note for me. So, Cary Grant, number one, fantastic. Also, fantastic. As always. Uh, but there was something odd, not about his character, but it was how the film kind of just abruptly ended because you're so used to like that one month later nowadays of like oh what <laughs> yeah. happened and like he saves fucking what's her face secrets of dumbledore he saves what's her face and then the movie just fucking ends mm-hmm. like there's no That's it. there's We're done no, like th- the story told what you needed to tell like mm-hmm. that was it and as soon as you know the guy rescued the girl it doesn't matter. Credits roll. We don't need closure we don't, yeah, beyond we don't the closure the of aftermath. the conflict. Like, that's the resolution of the movie. Now it's over. But yeah, every fucking movie nowadays has to have 30 more minutes than it should have just to fucking wrap up and address all of the mm-hmm. things because I don't know why. And I think, like you said, uh, Dumbledore put it the best, right? Because that movie, like, ended and then it felt like Return of the King with, like, it just kept 45 going. minutes just of reaction shots. <laughs> God. 
But we're but not like, there yet. Return of the King, when it kept going, you're like, ooh, there's more. When Dumbledore kept going, it was like, Jesus fucking Christ, when is this movie going to end? Mm-hmm. I feel like something that I've been noticing, and I don't know, I think we've been watching Hitchcock movies kind of in a chronological order of when they were released. I think this is... Oh, the, have we? I think so. And I might I might be wrong. Kind of close to at least. Um, but... This it, was 59. Yep. Dial M was 54, and I think the other one was 55 that we watched, right? Because it was like one or two years after the fact. Uh, that's not all we've watched, though. We've only watched three? So, yeah, have we only watched three, really? Well, we have a lot more to go, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, we watched uh, Dial M for fi- in 54, To Catch a Thief in 55, and we just watched North by Northwest in 59. 59. So, like I said, it was kind of chronological order. But you could tell the evolution of, like, film and, like, stylistic things mm-hmm. through, like, I even mentioned it in the last one. But this one, it was even more apparent because there's a lot of play with, like, special effects in this one, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. The opening credit sequence was more, like, flashy and, like, green screeny, And then they were playing with, like, titles on building sides. And then they had, like, a lot of, like, high angle shots even some from like the the rooftop of oh, a yeah. building looking down. Yeah, which, I don't know if I consciously noticed that, but now that you say that. Like I said, it, it was interesting to see how he was willing to experiment with some of those newer, either found tech, you know, techniques or technologies that were available to him. Yeah. And seeing the evolution of his movies as he was continuing to make an interesting, you know, piece of media. Um, there was a scene in this where Carrie drank. <laughs> Cary Grant was forced to drink like an entire bottle of bourbon. Uh, so in honor of that, both Scott and I have a glass of bourbon. Clink. Clink. Mine's, mine's gone already. <laughs> oh, yeah, that last sip. Nice. Fucking lush over here. <laughs> but no, this was, a, this was a, another great film. I, I, I have nothing... Bad to ever say about Hitchcock movies. I know. I, just I feel. So I'm starting good. to feel bad. <laughs> we just treat uh, some other movies so bad, but then we get like a Forever Purge followed up by one of these, <laughs> and it just makes the Forever Purge look like even more of an unpolished turd. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. I'm really excited for next week. Coming off of. Off of this off of and these this, movies. Yeah. There's no Hitchcock necessarily. Well, is there any Hitchcock? But we're going to watch movies from older eras, a lot more of them. Kristen and so, really wants to watch kind of icons of cinema, like iconic actors and actresses who Marilyn ins- Monroe. Yeah, inspired Henry Fonda, Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll be a really good week of movies, all very similar to you know, an Alfred Hitchcock movie. And I think that will be interesting to see them like next to each other. And what was funny was Kristen kind of mentioned that it'd be like a Oscars week two because they're all nominated for some sort of Oscar award, (laughs) all the movies she chose. So it's kind of like Oscars week two where we're just going to have, you know, great fucking movies. But I think it's important that we have the greats along with the really bads. Yeah. Uh, because if I went from the Forever Purge to just another shitty movie, I I, I would have been struggling to finish out the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if we skipped North by Northwest and went into our next movie, I think I wouldn't have been so nice to it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So with that, North by Northwest for me is definitely a one. One out of one for me as well. So twos for that bad boy. And our Saturday movie, Flower. So Flower, a sexually curious teen forms an unorthodox kinship with her mentally unstable stepbrother. That is what happened, isn't it? A little bit. It so, seems like it left out a lot, but there is a lot left out of the, the short synopsis. I could read the novel version. I just choose not to. Yeah. We don't need chapters. Um, the less we have to read and fuck up the better. Only because you know I'll make fun of you. This movie I think was on our list from almost like week one or two of our old podcast. When you added did we watch Buffaloed for this or our previous podcast? Buffaloed was this podcast. It was this podcast? It was this podcast. I think that's when we added it. I want to say Flower was on the list for a long time. Really? Interesting. Why? <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> but we finally watched it. This movie was... Weird. A, a, a bell curve, if I've ever seen one. This started out very not great it was it was just a little too i don't know it was almost like the the setup for everything was very stereotyped characters like they were it was all very over the top and kind of yeah zoe dutch is a 17 year old who has daddy issues because her dad's in prison has very little contact with her so she kind of she like vigilante tries to blow all of the old guys as a 17 year old in the town in the town to frame them for money and her two friends are in on it with her and it's just a weird it's a really weird start to a movie but like that's fine mm-hmm. but the 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 writing and some of the way they go about things and talk is is what kind of kills the whole like you've talked about movies where you're like they've really felt like teenagers how did you feel with this movie yeah, they did not feel like teenagers. They they felt and, a little like much older than teenagers. So really quick, still... Zoe Dutch when she played this role, I believe was twenty four. Okay, and right? she's supposed to be seventeen. She's supposed to be seventeen. Yeah, right. So seven years is a long fucking time. Yeah, which I mean, she is a younger appearing actress. Like she looks young. She talks. Her voice and everything. I don't think there's anything to say that she couldn't, you know, portray right. a seventeen year old in a right. movie. But, you know, the mannerisms. I think the writing and, and some of the, yeah, some of the other stuff that just didn't. Teen, the teenagers weren't written well. That's really no. what needs to be said about that. Yeah. But uh, then, yep. then the movie starts getting interesting. When they start introducing, they introduce the brother, who's stepbrother, who's just getting out of rehab. And, you know, he's got some some serious issues and she's kind of a huge asshole to him. And he's a he's a fat kid, so she makes fun of him for being a fat kid, and he's all sad all the time, and then he tries to hang himself, which I don't really want to get into this, but I feel like I'm gonna, because I feel like that was weird in this movie, where if this kid was really genuinely that down, like, I, firsthand, and people I know have been there, right? Mm-hmm. We both have that experience. And... Like, there was no way that him trying to hang himself in the garage, the way that they kind of played that scene out, was ever going to work. So I feel like it was in service of trying to make him look even more pitiful than he even did seem at that point. And I I, thought that was a little condescending. I really, I kind of didn't appreciate that. Does that make sense? I'm not typically one 
to feel that way when they portray things in movies where I'm like, it's a movie, they're doing whatever. But like the way that this movie sets up everyone's problems is that everyone's got serious problems, but then they kind of make him, they kind of like shit on his problems. You know what I mean? Well, they I mean, redeem the, themselves a little bit. I mean, I the scene did what it was supposed to do. Like, I felt really bad for the kid. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I felt really fucking bad for him, and I, I, I get the approach that they were going for. But also, if he was that mentally unstable, I don't see as to why he would have ever been released from the rehabilitation center. Like, yeah. I feel like somebody would have been monitoring that to be like, which, yeah, he's not ready to go. There's one thing. I mean, I'm sure there's a discussion around the actual efficacy of rehab centers yes. in some places and whatever. So this, that's why I said I didn't really but, want to get into yeah, we can this, let it, but I just felt like that was kind of a weird, I don't know. But no, you, so like kind of going off of what you said, we introduced this character who obviously has dealt with some shit in the past. He's still dealing with it. Kind of his coping mechanism is eating. Uh, but yeah, he had some shit in the past, which gets triggered uh, by hot old guy who is played by... Adam Scott, who we find out is a teacher. Who the stepbrother framed, or not framed, accused of, of molesting, molesting him. him years prior yes. or whatever. So that's kind of a big reveal in the middle of the movie because the whole first half of the movie is Zoe Dutch's character talking about how hot and how much she wanted to bang the old hot, what, that's what I called him, old hot guy? Yeah. Hot old guy. Hot or, old guy, yeah. whatever, yeah. Some variant of those words. <laughs> At the bowling alley. Yeah. So. But yeah, they set a master plan and... That's where it starts getting good though, right? They start introducing some conflict and some weird shit going on that isn't just like, look at the, look, our teenagers, we've got problems. Our parents suck and whatever. Look at our parents have problems because they suck and just kind of like the setup for everything was very shallow, it felt to me. And that's why the, the first part of the movie just didn't work for me. And then... They're like, but we actually have substance. Hold on, people watching. You're gonna you're gonna have something to watch here soon. And sure enough, you do. They they try and take out a hot old guy and then they accidentally kill him. And then they and then Bonnie dealing, and Clyde it or so, yeah, they're Thelma dealing with that shit. <laughs> and dip. Yeah, it takes a really drastic turn and I think that part of like that whole scene was probably the most authentic for teenagers. The run when they get in the car, when they steal his car and bail. Well, I think like when they set him on the couch and they don't realize the, you know, the severity of what happened, like they're not even aware that the Eiffel tower statue went through his back. Like that's the first thing I knew. Like I noticed because it was laying on the table when he got punched into it. Yeah. They bring attention to it. Yeah. You know, you know, but as a teenager, you know, your mind's not, consciously consciously oh, i can't fucking speak today <laughs> or any day oh, that's kind of true <laughs> both pal but you know they're not conscious of the fact of that and you know the cops show up one of which you know she has blackmailed because she blew him earlier in the film the opening scene of the film i should say so he's very hesitant to even be there and ask questions and push the topic but they're like, holy shit, they haven't heard from Will Jordan. Let's go check out Will Jordan. And that's when they show up and realize he's dead. And them trying to figure out how to deal with that shit, that's probably the most that authentic good, of yeah. teenagers. Of Yeah, and that whole the whole spiel, the whole plan up to that point and that point yeah. 
is when the movie, I, like I was enjoying myself and I thought it was pretty good. I, I think it was a solid, I would say if it continued on that path, I would not have to question my rating for this or, you know, how I felt about it. But then, then they pull the, hey, I love you. And then they have sex and then get arrested and then she visits him in jail and that's how the movie ends. See, much. that's the thing though. So it I just think kinda like if it if it went the whole Alfred Hitchcock movie of like after they had just had sex, right? And the sh- the cops roll up just and then end. it just ends, yeah. I think it would have been so much better than her visiting him in prison. Yeah. Like you can the imply wrap up ruin like, this. Yeah, you could imply that okay, they they could stay together, maybe they, they didn't, whatever. That's open for interpretation, like the story's been sure. told. But it's like, no, let's give you another 20 minutes of, oh, here's what happens. And, you know, she's on house arrest and he's in prison. And, you know, their parents are weird with them sleeping together. And I don't know if we needed that. Which, duh. I mean, we already get that when the whole scene happens that they're like, he's like, I love you. And she's like, what? And then it cuts to them boning. <laughs> And like that's it, or post post coital cuddling, and then <laughs> and then the cops come, and then cut to credits. Nope, twenty more minutes of movie where she, you have to reveal, right? You have to you have to tie up all the loose ends. Yep, she's going to school, kind of, but she's under house arrest for the next twenty years. Is that a thing? Can you be under house arrest for twenty years? I thought she said it was like nine, but I don't know. Are Maybe looking... he was in for 20 years. I'm not going to look it up. I don't care enough. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But um, I I really didn't hate this. I just, it's it's fighting me on that, you know? I felt just kind of awkward and uncomfortable the entire time yes, watching it. Yes, it was a very uncomfortable movie. And I've been in that position. What was that? What, what was uh, that? Ingrid. Ingrid Goes yes, West. Yes, Ingrid Goes West. Yeah. Very similar to that. Yes. Of just uncomfortability throughout the entire mm-hmm. movie. And it's like, if there was points where like it eased up a little bit, maybe I would feel better about it. But it was just one thing after another after another. And I was just like, just like cringy. Very cringe. Stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't, and I don't necessarily think that's what makes it not as good as it could be kind of thing. Because Ingrid was a great movie. It was just very uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. right? So you can do that, and the whole idea of the story works with the whole feeling uncomfortable because everything in the story is really uncomfortable, and all the characters in the story are also very uncomfortable. And it just kind of, I think it does a good job of creating that, you know, kind of invoking that empathy while you're watching with some of these characters. But at the same time, it just, it starts out where... If it started out with that, then you're kind of on board and then the ending could have kind of tapered off or whatever. Or if it started out shitty and the ending ended stronger, I don't think there'd be any question that this was a one for me. But I really don't know. Yeah, I've been kind of back and forth be. on this for a while. But small tangent. Do you know who Zoe Dutch's mom is? Yeah. Um, what's her name? I, I know. I just can't think of her name. Leah Thompson. Thompson, Yeah. She also has a sister. Zoe Dutch has a sister? Mm-hmm. Madeline Dutch, who is also an actress. Was she in? Uh, it looks like she's known for just a few things. Um, I think the big one... 
There's a movie called The Year of Spectacular Men, which the director was Leah Thompson, and both of her daughters played roles in the film. No way. Madeline Dutch was the lead, and Zoe Dutch was, I guess, a side character in the film. But I thought that was kind of cool that they had the whole family dynamic of they were all in a a movie together. I mean, that's got to be the dream if you're in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Got that family movie. But anyway, I don't think there's more to say about this for me. I don't know where you're at. I I don't think this is a movie that I would revisit necessarily. Like I think everything that I've seen is what I need to see, and there's not a rewatchable reason for me to see it. And I don't know if I'd ever recommend it to anybody either. I don't know if I'd recommend it. So I think it has to be a zero for me. Oh, I just saw a note that I didn't, uh, I must have skipped over. But the other reason why the beginning of the movie really was, I was not on board with. The fucking up close handheld cam for all of the conversations. Did you catch that? Like, is that something that bothered you? Because I was getting a fucking headache. They stopped doing it. They didn't use it as much throughout the rest of the movie. But there were conversations like between her and her mom was one in particular where they were they were like up their fucking nostrils with the camera and holding it like the guy who was holding the camera didn't eat lunch that day. So he was fucking <laughs> I think <laughs> you got the hunger I think, shakes. I almost feel because the rest of the movie wasn't like that that it was intended to be a stylistic choice. Probably. Probably to show maybe the tension between her and her mom like there's some instability. Yeah, if you want to get all fucking high school English on that shit, sure. in the relationship, <laughs> I teach video, dude. Come on. But so I, I guess it wasn't as bothersome to me. Like I've been bothered by shaky cam, and I even mentioned in the takeout girl there was, yeah, you know, camera shit that yeah. took me right out of the film. And this one, I think I was just more caught up in the uncomfortability of the acts and you know the plot that was happening in the film that maybe it just didn't seem as big of a deal to me. Fuck. I don't know though. After this conversation, I came into this and was going to give this a one, but I think after seeing secrets of Dumbledore today, today (laughs) has just, that knocked everything down a half a point, (laughs) which has made, has made my decision harder to figure out if it skews up or down. And like you said, I don't know if I'd recommend, like who I'd recommend this to. I don't think, like if somebody was like, if Jess came to me and was like, hey, I want to watch Flower, like that sounded interesting or whatever, I'd sit and watch it with her again, probably. You know what I mean? But that's like a really specific case, so I don't know if it's worth going that far to try and get this movie a rating. It's not your movie, but you, <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm leaving my oh, points. I'm, I'm not trying you. to screw you on points either, pal. I give you a one here. <laughs> I give myself a zero on this, so I wouldn't blame you if you gave it a zero. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm having to convince myself to give it a one, so that makes me think that it's not that deserving of a one. And also thinking back to our conversation just now, people listening to me probably would not expect me to give it a one, so I can't, in good faith, give this. A one. All right. Zero for zero. So on zeros that. for flower. Where are we at as we move into Fantastic Breasts? <laughs> we <laughs> That's our big break into film. We have to do, we have to start in porn. <laughs> we have to shoot a triple X parody of Secrets of Dumbledore. 
Uh, takeout girl one, Calgary two, Northman two, River Purge negative fifty thousand eight hundred and eleventy six, and that brings our total to negative. <laughs> I think the Northman, <laughs> like, like counteracts the Northman the was Purge. as good as the Forever, Forever Purge, Purge was, was bad. bad. Yeah, I don't think that's true. The Northman was really good, but the Forever <laughs> Purge made me angry. <laughs> I was a little angry in the Northman. It's just I was just fired up. Though. But that was a good angry. Yeah, I had that was like, like a like a ready to take on the day. I had angry. the blood of Valhalla, you know, flowing <laughs> through my veins. <laughs> uh, All right, let's get this movie over with. On Sunday or today, we watched Fantastic Beasts: The Chamber of Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> the Chamber of Sex Dungeons of Secrets <laughs> of. <laughs> we watched Fantastic Beasts: Secrets of Dumbledore. And you were doing such a good job earlier, but I can read it if you'd like. I would love to read this. Wonderful, please. <laughs> Damn it. Now, now I remembered what we were making fun of earlier. <laughs> Professor Anus D- Dumbledick <laughs> knows the powerful dark wizard. Gellert grind on my balls. Is that what we were calling him? <laughs> is moving to seize control of the wizarding world with his wand. <laughs> with his girthy wand. <laughs> Unable to stop him alone, he entrusts Magizoologist Newt Scamander to lead an intrepid team of wizards, witches, and one brave muggle baker on a dangerous mission where they encounter old and new beasts, kind of, and clash with Grindelwald's growing... <laughs> it says Legion of Followers, but all I could think of was member at that point. But <laughs> <laughs> with this... But with the stakes so high, how long can Dumbledore remain on the sidelines? He is side ho. Till he jumps into that <laughs> menage a trois. No. Dumbledore's coming out the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and I pull out my gun. What? I pull out my wand. <laughs> this movie was way, 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 way too fucking long. Dude, I had to pee so bad. I didn't have to movie. pee. I just wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I I told you after the movie, and I stand by this, if we were not doing the podcast, I hit a point in this movie where I truly think that I would have gotten up and left if I didn't have to be here. That's We have a list, so like... That's one of the three movies I could see this week, and it resets tomorrow, right? Or well, today. We, so here's the thing. This is, I think, the first time we've watched two Dolby movies in the same week. Yes. Um, kind of on. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, we already got our money's worth out of the Northmen, right? So, you know, you walk in out of this really wouldn't have mattered. Would have helped me. Uh, (laughs) But my first thought was like, holy shit, I don't remember anything about Fantastic Beasts. Like, I've seen them both. So, thankfully, they had Hicks explain everything when talking to Kowalski. (laughs) And it was like, it was like, oh, Probably nobody remembers the shit that happened. This so let me fill you in was about that. what happened. Yeah. The storytelling in this movie was just the lowest tier I have ever seen in a in a movie in like a, a blockbuster movie. As it was unbearably bad. Everything that happened in the first like hour of this movie, everything that happens introduces something that needs to be explained, and then that thing does the thing that it needs to do 
in order to explain it to you, but then has no consequence afterward because it was just there to introduce you to the thing. Even though the thing's whole shtick is that, particularly the 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 blood bond thing, Dumbledore, yeah. that scene just pissed me right the fuck off. He they, he's like telling him, "Oh, I can't go up against Grindelwald because this thing will kill me," or whatever. Or no, he doesn't say. He's just like, I can't because of this thing. And they're like, well, what will happen if you do try and go up against him? What will that thing do? And then he just kind of like looks at the thing. And then the thing flips out and starts trying to strangle him. And then stops. And he's just like, that will happen, but worse. But like, why did it happen at all right at that point in time? It was so fucking stupid. Yeah, there was a lot of forceful explanations of things. There was a lot of callbacks just to explain the callback or like fill you in in and case you hadn't watched the movie since the first time that it came, you know, the movie came out. It was like a chain of explanations. I do want to say one good thing I liked about it. And then I can, you know, go into my bads. I liked seeing Hogwarts on the big screen. And really the only thing I appreciated about this film was the Harry Potter-esque style. Like, Like we saw the castle. And yeah. we saw an old Minerva, or younger Minerva, and like, you know, you got all the references of Harry Potter, yet everything flooded all of that. So I barely walked out having a good thing to say about this movie. I'm going to strongly disagree with you because I feel like the Harry Potter stuff in this was so pandering. Like, it was literally just there to be like this a harry potter movie we got dumbledore we got whatever we're at hogwarts we're gonna use the original harry potter music every time you're at hogwarts Mm -hmm. every time hogwarts is shown or they're in hogwarts in the movie the original harry potter music is playing every single fucking time do you get it we're at hogwarts then the whole fucking introduction of obviously that's mcgonagall i just knew it didn't have to be but i just knew when she showed up at the door i'm like how are they going to show that it's McGonagall? And then they leave it to the last little bit, you know, because they got to they gotta be like, like they expected you to be like, oh, 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 it's McGonagall. Look, it's Professor McGonagall. Oh, my God. But you fucking, like, you knew already. Yeah. If you didn't know already, you were looking at your phone and not watching the movie because it's fucking obvious. That's I what don't you know, wanted man. to do. I did. <laughs> I really did. 40 minutes of this two hour and 22 minute runtime was reaction shots. That's, that's an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was being nice. There is so many reaction shots in this movie that are just like a hair long enough to feel too long to make how often they happen. Just really fucking weird. I'm glad you felt that way too. As I guess what I'm saying that for. Like you saying as an understatement. Like, I, cause I really thought, I'm like, am I being hard on this? I went into this movie. This is my pick, right? Cause Northman no. is both of us. Or Northman was my pick. I, I gave you Northman. I, I, I felt. Dude, it we can, I, if you want to swap just for, <laughs> you know, fairness or whatever, I don't give a shit. Cause it could have been either. But I'm, I remember being like, I, Mads is in it. So it maybe you has a chance. You did want to see this. I didn't really want to see it. And this. I'm down to see anything in Dolby. But I forgot, you and I went and see, went and saw Crimes of Grindelwald together. I remember zero from that movie other than the opening when Johnny Depp's on like a flying horse or some shit in the clouds and you can't see anything. <laughs> and it's just a fucking orgy of green and red wand lights going off. And then the Fantastic Beasts logo shows yeah, up. And then it's like, boom, gone. I tuned out. <laughs> but... but <laughs> 
But you and I saw that together, and I feel like afterward, I, I don't remember the movie, but I remember being like, all right, so we're done seeing those because that sucked. And here we are. But I don't know, man. I just, I really thought, because Mads wasn't bad. Honestly, I don't think the acting was bad in this. I don't think, no, no, I suppose not. I don't, I don't, it was everything else that the whole kept Newt them Scamander, at bay. like the way that Christopher Applebottom, Jess, that was for you. <laughs> <laughs> the way that, uh, what's his actual name? <laughs> Forget his name. Jess always calls him Christopher Applebottom. Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. Yeah, yeah, Eddie Redmayne. Like his whole Newt character is so over the top, trying to be like a quirky. I'm I'm a magic zoologist. I like animals, and I'm a little weird and shy, and I always look down, and I I like hold my case always, and like. Well, that's overshadowed by Kylo Ren, Ezra Miller in this movie. Uh, who's now Adam Driver to shame? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, he's in prison right now. Ezra Miller? Yeah. What did he do? What didn't he do? That's... Oh my God, really? Uh, that should have been what's in the news? <laughs> Shit, maybe. I didn't know that was a thing. I don't care for him much, so I'm not like, I'm pretty indifferent about hearing this news, but <laughs> what did he do? Did he try and kill Dumbledore again? Ezra Miller <laughs> has been arrested again. In again. Hawaii, this time for allegedly throwing a chair that hit a woman in the forehead. What the fuck, dude? You're the fucking Flash. How old do you think How that do dude is? How these people be a piece of shit? Like, I don't understand. How old do you think that dude is? <sighs> Older than he looks. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know how old you think he is. Um, is he around our age? Yeah, he's 29. He's 29? I was going to say like 31. <laughs> he's 29. Yeah. Uh, fuck. All right. How long do you think it took him to grow his hair out like that? I'm going to try that. He's 29. I can do it. You can I'll be 29 this year. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Midlife crisis. Here we go. It's a short life, man. <laughs> I do want to try and talk about a few of the things that happened. This so first Why? off, <laughs> I was really I'm upset sorry. that the whole deer beast, what was that animal called? I don't the, remember. The, ch- ch- Chill- the chinchilla? The chillin'. The chillin'. The chillin'. Yeah, it was a chillin'. Is it chillin'? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was straight chillin'. Straight <laughs> One of them was dead. The, the straight deer chillin', okay? I was really upset that it went to Dumbledore instead of Kowalski. Oh, my God. What a piece they were, of shit scene. They fucking set that up Seriously. all movie, and it would have been such a good kind of plot point for the whole, like, wizards who were falling Grindelwald. It's against muggles. Against and then muggles, the muggle has the purest has heart the of purest all of them heart there of, or Yes, whatever. like wouldn't yeah. that have been so much better? That's what better? I thought was going to happen. But they're like, no, it's Dumbledore. It's got to go to fucking Dumbledore. He has to have the redeeming quality. Which, which just did nothing for the story no, at all. No. It was such an unnecessary and stupid scene because he's just like, oh, I'm, he like leans down to talk to it and is like, I'm flattered. But uh, there's there, you were a twin. There's got to be like another person who's equally worthy. And then it just like walks over to the other person who was elected or yeah. was like to be elected for to rule the wizard council, whatever the so fuck. So I is. felt that so stupid. Yeah, that was dumb. Like you had such a good opportunity to like really drive a wedge in the conflict between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Like actually gave. Like made sure, like well, they did. Dumbledore, Dumbledore shit don't good stink. Guy. Yeah, you know? Dumbledore, really good guy. Now he been confirmed. Yeah, <laughs> and then speaking of like the whole conflict as to why you way. might question if he's a good or bad character with the whole scene from Deathly Hollows, right? When him and Aberforth, uh, you know, get into a 
a fight essentially, and one of their spells, you know, rips off and kills their sister. Oh yeah. I thought that would have been so much better to like illustrate that instead of him just reading the fucking chapter out of the book. Like he could like it could have flashed back to them like having this fight and then you as the audience member have no idea which spell, you know, ricocheted off and hit her and you could feel Yeah, a nice cinematic moment. Yeah. In storytelling. But no. No, they're just... gonna show a, a moving picture of her kind of looking happy sad and Dumbledore saying everything to you. Just like Aberforth did when he said it in the Deathly Hollows part too. Yeah. So <sighs> JK Rowling was uh, responsible for the screenplay, or at least partially. I would say mostly. Well, so, regardless of the screenplay, I'm you just can gonna still say have, she sucks. The director can still <laughs> <She> sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> the director can still Ooh, have cursed s- child here we come <laughs> <laughs> i won't see the cursed child i'm not seeing that either but it's got all the original cast you're the you're the nostalgia master you loved seeing hogwarts again <laughs> ah your face do, right do, now do, 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 do. oh the fucking trailer when they put the song in the trailer of this one like they changed it up because they fucking slowed it down. It's all dramatic now. <laughs> Dude, that's I seriously wanted to take a nap in this movie, but it was too fucking loud. Yeah, thanks, Dolby. <laughs> thanks, Dolby. Can't let me sleep in a fucking movie. <laughs> this is the first movie that we've seen in Dolby that Dolby did not help. To be fair, I felt the sound design was off in the theater. I thought so too. It didn't have the same impact that a lot of other movies have in Dolby. No, and I think even the trailers were a little weird. Because remember it started out where the, the, the first trailer, I don't even remember which one it was, but it yeah, like didn't fit. Yeah, it was like watching it on and your it sounded phone. it like shit. It was just like this tiny little like pixel on the yeah. Dolby screen. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but it was the trailer. It was playing sound, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then they did the, which I think super cool. All right, let's finish up with this and do conclusions. <laughs> okay. We could just say our... Our store now. Yeah. Zero. Zero. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Fucking Dumbledore and the secrets of the beast. And the chambers. <laughs> so before the movie, I thought was really what was really cool is they showed a like sneak peek to Top Gun, the new Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Which I know you aren't like super enthusiastic about seeing it. And the fact that they're gonna bring in his son to be mad at him for killing his dad. And like, I I don't know. I first wanted to see it to see how bad the story is really going to be. But at the same time, I'm one of apparently the few people in the world that can admit that the human being is separate from the actor. And I like Tom Cruise in movies. And so, (laughs) no, hold up. You bring up a good point. Cause that sneak peek changed my mind. I was going to ask you. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. That's because they show how they all actually went through training and all of the, like they went through training to be fighter pilots and they went through training to be directors because they have to direct themselves while they're in the fucking plane. Because they have to operate the, the camera equipment while in the jet. Because they're actually in the jet. That was so fucking cool. Yeah, there's not like it's all practical so cool. effects that they trained for three months and got thrown in these like crazy ass situations where they were upside down in like a water tank and they had to like release themselves and that was like holy shit the amount of effort that they were willing to put in i don't care if the movie's bad like you know (laughs) because that was my fear is it's just another sequel another yeah you know requel whatever the fuck you want to call it that's just gonna be 
you know, which instead with of him put involved, a poor taste in my mouth around Top Gun, because Top Gun's one of, not, not my favorite movies, but it's, it's a really good movie. It's a, yeah. And I think with, that's something that I like with Tom Cruise is the effort that he does put into a lot of his roles and the stunts and things that he actually does. And I think he's very involved in the movies that he makes. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I was curious to see this was because I know that he, uh, for better or worse, I guess, I know that he's going to try. Yeah. So, and and I do tend to like most movies that Tom Cruise is involved in. He's a big role in. I was going to say, like, I like him as an actor. Broken like a shit ton of bones from like Mission Impossible movies because he's willing to do all of the stunts and put in the work to make it feel authentic Mm -hmm. and not some you know, leaving it up to visuals to maybe get it right, but also at the same time, so. Yeah, so even recently, in his recent movies, he he just, he puts a lot of effort in, and I I think it might be at least entertaining. I don't know how the story is going to go, like we said, and it seems very cliche and I thought it was cool that like, he inspired stupid, the other actors, but, though, to be willing to go through that, like, three-month kind of training dude, camp how, with him. How fucking fun would that be, though? I think that'd be fun to, as fuck. I think it would be That'd a be lot. Terrifying. It would be a lot. But, but I think it would be it would, so much fun. Like the, that the one guy came out, he's like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. Like, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it would be one of those things where they're like, okay, we need you to do this if you're going to be a part of this movie. And I'd be like, oh, fuck. All right, I'm going to need like a couple of days to think about <laughs> this. But then when I say yes, because it's an opportunity of a fucking lifetime, mm-hmm. how incredible would that be? I don't know. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm more excited than I was because I wasn't really wanting to see it yeah but after Which I seeing that i was like holy shit like now i have to see it that just to see like genuine reactions of them like going through what like in multiple g's five g's yeah. Of- yeah. <laughs> it seems they were shown in the clip of them going through what did they get up to seven i want to say seven yeah yeah dude verizon doesn't like- have seven g yet <laughs> <laughs> it's coming soon <laughs> Uh, but as we mentioned, Kristen will be on the podcast next week with a wonderful list of movies that we have all not seen uh, by some of the most notable and famous actors and actresses of the 20th century. And I'm super looking forward to uh, the list. And yeah, having I think her it's going to be a good week. And I think she's going to be fun to have on with her notes. And <laughs> I think we'll have a lot to talk about. But, uh, yeah, so how are we looking this week? Yeah, what's the number like before we wrap her up? Two, four, six, seven. Who do we appreciate? Seven out of 14. We are at a 50% this week. (laughs) Three and a half out of seven. (laughs) Damn. Like I said, I thought this was going to be one of our lowest weeks, and I think this might. I think it is. Since we started rating, I think it might be. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. 50%. But uh, it's weird to have such lows with such highs. I think I prefer weeks where the movies are just generally okay than weeks that we have <laughs> the lowest like two of the low incredible the... <laughs> movies and two incredibly shit movies. That's an interesting like I'm thing to think about, though, right? Like, what influences the other movies more? Is it the goods or the bads? And obviously this uh-huh. week, the bad movies might have hurt the okay movies <laughs> <laughs> and brought them down a notch. Yeah. 
yeah. versus like the good movies bringing the morale of the entire week up. Yeah. I, I don't know. The bad movies are weighted way more heavily. <laughs> I think. I think that's that's our conclusion of the week, right there. <laughs> but uh, there you have it, folks. Anyway, week twenty-eight of the NDNM podcast. Uh, catch us next week, next Tuesday, for another episode of the NDNM podcast. As always, thanks for listening. I'm Mitch. I'm Scott. Have Check we this. ever said our names at the end of an episode? No. It's kind of weird. Kind of cool. <laughs> we have been Mitch and Scott. <laughs> uh, check out our movies of the week on Instagram. And Twitter. Maybe. I don't know anymore. Okay. Uh, Social <laughs> at, media. At NDNM Podcast. Or Mitch, plug our email. NDNMPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. And we will catch you On next week. The next one. Kibai. don't sound as manly as they do. <laughs> no, we sound like little bitches. <laughs> hey, we out. Okay, bye.